Come inside, travelers, and shut the door behind you. The wind is howling tonight. I'll regale you with the story of our last adventure. Upon entering the evil-looking chapel, Samal sees two shambling elven corpses. Physic enters the room behind and lobs an alchemist fire at one of them, critically striking the corpse, and it is engulfed in flames. Samal is attacked and hit hard by one of the corpses. I, Sage Tulak, use my power to hurl a dagger at the burning corpse. The second of the abominations attacks Samal, and with a fearsome strike he is brought down. After taking such a savage blow, Samal dies on the floor of the chapel. Physic flees the chapel in obvious horror, while I attempt to flee behind him, but I'm taken down by one of the corpses. Realizing I'm not behind him, Physic returns to the chapel and, thank those above, revives me. We flee to Otari and give Rin the gruesome details of Samal's death. After speaking with her, Physic and I return to my caravan. We discuss the events of the day and the evil in the lighthouse. Physic confides in me about visions of destruction and chaos he had been seeing. I return the favor in kind by telling Physic about the voice I have been hearing in my head. After a day of rest, we return to Rin and decide to continue our adventure, to save Otari, and to rescue the corpse of Samal. Once speaking with Rin, we learn of an Otari citizen returning to town by the name of Raphael. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I don't know. I mean, I was trying to think of what we might have done wrong just in case. And then we're like, oh, shit, we got to re-record everything. But uh, I don't know if we really did. It was just, oh, man, we talked about it already, but not with James here. And I'm terrified of him right now. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I'm back, listeners. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm back, ready to play. Yeah, again. And I, um, uh, it was just a move. Two big ass hits. One of them a crit by the new critting rules of a ten, uh, ten above the old AC, natural nineteen, and then followed by a crit fail on a flat check for dying condition, like. Yeah, that is. So just you're you're not wrong. Luck of the draw, and I've no? had a lot of time to stew on this. Okay, <laughs> oh no, and and so I I've been I've actually been stewing on this for more than a week. I've been stewing on this for a couple of weeks, but you, I are, I didn't want to say anything okay. because it's your decision to make. 
And I'm not saying it would have changed anything, okay. but it would have drastically changed the dynamic of the combat. Okay, I'm ready for my delicate scolding. We did that role play with Samal and Rin at the beginning of a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I never got a hero point for that, and I've been stewing about it ever since. Oh. Having that hero point from that would have allowed me a heroic recovery, Ooh. but it's your decision to give out the hero points. And that would I wouldn't have died immediately. I would have I would have stabilized. <laughs> but it you didn't give me a hero point for it because I, my role play wasn't good enough, oh. so oh. I wasn't able to heroic recovery. And I've been choking that down for <laughs> a couple of weeks. Whoa. 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 And then heroic recovery happened, uh, and then and then small oh. went down, and I didn't I didn't get to okay, use it because on. I never got one. We got to share the blame here a little bit. Okay, okay. First of all. Don't infer that I thought your role-playing was shit, because it clearly wasn't. It was amazing. <laughs> that was a that was one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite moments so far. Didn't you use a heroic recovery after that though? He you you did, actually. From the uh from, from the, fl- the, the giant flies. The fly. Yeah. That's why I didn't question whether he had a hero point, because I knew you had used it already. So otherwise I was like, oh, does he have one? No, no, he used it. Both him and Physic, both Samal and Physic went down in the giant fly fight and you both used your hero points. Okay, so I was wrong and I apologize. <laughs> that being said, that being said, how dare you? But that being said, um, uh, you know all too well, you and you and Scott particularly know all too well that I'm really bad at remembering giving inspiration and shit out. You had been really good and about I have it the been last really couple good. of weeks, and that's so you why said I didn't that, say anything. And I, my heart sank. I was like, fuck, I've been doing good. <laughs> did I really not do yeah. it? Did I really not? Do- uh, but no. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that, that's why I didn't say anything yeah. is because you had been doing good about it. I'm yeah. like, okay, maybe he thinks this could have gone better. <laughs> No, it's certainly not. No, I would love to. It's only so just much. the best role play um, of the network so far, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, even even the even the chat between Physic and Tulak paled in comparison. You know, they got, they sucked. Um, but I'm but I am going to give them a hero point for it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't want oh. it. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain here, listeners. We're recording these episodes back to back, so yeah. I'm I'm still going to be a little touchy this episode. I love Samal. <laughs> I was really excited to see where he went, oh, man. Same. and I'm uh, I'm I'm more than a little little heartbroken that he went down that quick. I'm I'm jumping on that train because I fucking love Samal, and I was excited, and I really liked the dynamic our group had. Same. You might uh, you might see like us try and shoehorn a one shot in in the past, so Samal can Samal can show up as like a ninth level fighter bastion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can ride a, again. Have, that would be amazing. <laughs> but we can all He's agree all that the- for this episode, we can be a total bitch to Freeman. <laughs> yeah. Look, I didn't do it, guys. When James came back in, I thought he was going to have gone off air, tabulated every single piece of XP. And been like, <laughs> we should have leveled up after last session and fuck you. <laughs> uh, I can assure you, uh, we are doing milestones in this, and I can assure you that the, the tally XP would not have reached there. It's also irrelevant if we're doing milestones. Right, yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, like I said in the previous episode there, we I, I've adjusted the encounters as best I can for uh certain degrees of of difficulty with only a three-person party but um you know that was an instance in which there wasn't really much that could have been done unless unless i guess we had a cleric and someone could have thrown heal at him 
But even then, it was like I think you went you went down, and then it was immediately your turn for for uh, pretty much immediately your turn for the death saving. I don't so I don't think it could have happened at all unless 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 the circumstances shown that initiative was a different order. But like that's just you know the the chances of us of it being guaranteed you lived are so minimal. Like yeah. The only way it could have happened is if Sage was a cleric. Like that delay, that punch in before my turn mm. and stabilize, that could have happened. Right. But that's that's it. Yeah. As a, as a, uh, a sorcerer, I don't even think he has access to the stabilized spell, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah. James was quite prophetic with uh, saying that he always gets critted on the first goddamn attacks from Freeman, though. So. Oh man, it's been a trend. Yeah, and if if Physic, you know, could just could have just healed him better, maybe he would have survived. <laughs> Uh, James, I don't know if you were listening at all at this point, but I almost died as well. I did, yeah. I was listening to the whole episode as I was clomping around my apartment trying to blow off steam before we recorded this one. Made myself a tea, I did some pull-ups, and I I, I swore off my balcony. (laughs) I can see now as I know you're just down the road from the the restaurant that we both met at. (laughs) I just see, like, you step out in the balcony, and there's a couple people out in the patio, and you just hear... Fuck! <laughs> and little do they know, it's over a dead tabletop RPG fantasy character. A good character. A very good character. Taken too early from us. Uh, that being said, I would, I would, gen- I love the idea of doing a one shot uh, with Samal, like before he, he went into retirement, before he lost some of his edge and some of his uh, skill that he was trying to gain back. Yeah, that like Samal in his early thirties. That'd be super fun. Yeah. Well, Rin requests that you go home, rest some more, and come back in the morning. She does read the stars for you, but we're gonna do that a bit retroactive. I want Duncan and Scott. I want you to both think about what what the immediate plan is for Physic and Tulok. And we will come back to the question that you ask for her reading the stars. Actually, what I should do first is roll to see what she accomplishes with that. And uh, it's a success. It's the same as last. It's, it, you'll have the effects of augury, but again, for a 24 hours in the future. Um, but think about what it is you, you plan to do next um, with just the two of you. But for now, you rest up, I guess. Uh, do you guys head back to your own homes, or what's the what's the what's the deal overnight? I guess. Yeah, I think Physic would just trudge home. Uh, like after they they were in the wagon uh, in the marketplace, then they went back to uh, Rin's place. Then he's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from there. So he would just trudge home after. Uh, meeting Rin again at night and just absolutely collapse and have probably troubled dreams. Tulok doesn't go straight home. He goes to the Dawnflower Library and starts reading tomes on necromancy or any sort of magic that can reanimate corpses. Where where does this power come from? How is it possible any kind of stories about it, any sort of lore that he can find. He's just pouring over these books and trying to find some answers. You start pouring over these books and 
searching frantically in your own way for information on necromancy and things that might be related to Gauntlet. And you start to think about the town of Otari itself. The, the founding of it, the story, you know, something that not many people talk about anymore. Not many people reflect upon, but everyone sort of knows and hears and uh, from various sources, especially as, as you're growing up or as you become a member of this town. To start, you know that it all started with the Rose Guard. In the year 4244AR, quite a long time ago, the Rose Guard were an adventuring party that was pre-Pathfinder society. They were based out of Absalom and are responsible for the founding of this town. You find yourself navigating some of these excerpts and pages amongst these books that, that, that lean towards their story. And... It just sort of, you don't, you're not reading the story, but every once in a while something pops up about them and, and you think more about this, this Rose Guard. You remember that they, they caught wind of nefarious goings-on at a mysterious lighthouse, rumored to be the gauntlet that is to the north here. And they set out to investigate and defeat its source. And it is the famous sorceress Belcora, that is supposed to be that source, Belcora from the, the Otari nursery rhyme. And they set out to defeat her and stop this nefariousness, and indeed they did. The Rose Guard was made up of four heroes, Esefna Menhimes, Cleric of Arastal, healer of the Rose Guard, always more comfortable in a smaller town over bigger cities, Otari Ilvashti, a charming, optimistic rogue who always kept his allies hopeful with humor, even in the darkest hours. Vol Rajani, a no-nonsense swordsman. They claim to be exiled from royalty out of the country of Nadal. And Zarmavdian, a well-educated wizard and diviner who constantly pursued outlandish conspiracy theories and occult lore. These tiny little tidbits of personality are sprinkled around their story, never really knowing how true they are. But what you do know is that they defeated Belcora, but not before their companion Otari Vashti was struck down. And after that, the Rose Guard lost their taste for adventuring upon their great loss and retirement. And this, this really punctuates your situation right now. You might not have known Samal very well, but but you feel the loss. Now, what the Rose Guard did was they they retired and spent their savings on constructing several buildings in a sizable pier south of Gauntlet, and they named the new town after their fallen friend, Otari. A last honor bestowed by his adventuring partners to him because he dreamed to settle down in a small seaside village. And so they created that village. For decades, Otari was a prosperous little fishing village and never really grew beyond a population of a hundred or so, though. And 
All three of the Rose Guard lived out the rest of their natural lives here. All three died of natural causes, with the last passing in the year of 4290 AR, a rare death for an adventurer. Retirement. And all of this strikes you in a way that wants you to, makes you feel like you want to know more. And here's where I'm going to introduce the research system. It's a variant system in Pathfinder 2E. I think it's in Pathfinder 1E as well, I believe, where you can spend time learning new information on a given topic. In this case, the topic of the town of Otari. And how it works is you can use what's called the research action. It is a concentration, an exploration, and linguistic traits attached to it. So it doesn't have to be downtime, but... In some cases, it will take an hour or multiple hours to perform, depending on what you're doing. The basic idea is this. You have to have a library or venue, is what I've, I've grown to uh, call them, because they're not literal, necessarily literal libraries, but rather just places to learn information. So it can be an actual library. It could be you simply recalling knowledge. It can be you having a conversation with a particular NPC. It can be, uh, I think even in the in the uh, Game Mastery Guide, they say like something like an astral memory palace that you enter. It could be all sorts of things. And what you do is you attempt a check. And if you, it has all the degrees of success. If you succeed, you get a research point. If you fail, you get none. If you critically succeed, you get two. And if you critically fail, you get some disinformation and you lose a research point. Each venue or library uh, has a limited capacity of how many points you can acquire. But the topic itself has what you call thresholds for which you can attempt to hit to gain more information. So, for example, if you spend some of this time now in the Don Flera library, shifting your uh, position on uh, what you're researching onto the town of Otari, you can roll a check to see if you earn a research point. I'll give this one away for now, but the first threshold is two research points. And the library will only offer you so many research points. Your own recall knowledge will only offer you so many research points. And if you hit two, I'll give you a block of information. If you hit four, which I will tell you is the next threshold for that one, I'll give you another block of information. Now I've set up a couple of research topics here uh, for our adventure. I'm not sure how far into this this project and this adventure we will use them and how, how many other ones will pop up. I'm, I'm going to do that as I go. But for now, you definitely have the research topic of the town of Otari. But you also have the research topic of Belcora Harovex. And it is up to you what you want to research right now. That's an easy one for Sage Tulok because he was wondering about necromancy and where that power comes from. So it makes sense for him to want to pivot and research Belcora mm -hmm. and kind of what her background is, why they were trying to take her down, why this adventuring party even went to the gauntlet in the first place. So if you want to switch to Belcora, 
you can, to start, you can do your research in one of three ways. Your own recollection and or gathering information. Um, you can research in the Dawnflower Library, which you are now. Or you could check out Odd Stories, the local bookshop. And in any of these venues, you can use Recall Knowledge Society or Gather Information, depending if you want to just recall the knowledge or or gather information. Um, and then, or you can use lores as well. So as always, I have a couple selected lores here, but you can utilize other lores. And if you want to argue for the utilization of other lores, you can. Um, so right now, recall knowledge society or gather information, which is usually diplomacy. Um, or you can use academia or library lore, or there is Otari or Absalom lore. And these will change what's available for you automatically will change from, from topic to topic. All right. Uh, I'm going to use gather information. Okay. So this will involve specifically gathering information will involve you talking to like the, the nearby acolytes, probably Vandy Banderdash, the librarian and that sort of thing. And sort of trying to gather knowledge that they have acquired from this treasure trove of knowledge. Okay. And a gather information is a diplomacy check. DC is set by me. I have it here. Go ahead and roll it up and see what you get. Oof. Uh, that's a eight on the die for a 15. Not so good for me. And yeah, you, uh, for the moment, you uh, don't really find any information. Um, no research points are gained. And uh, mostly you are talking to acolytes um, that have a little extra time on their hands, but they are new to all of this and they, they do not have anything for you. They know about, as much about Belcora as you do, which isn't much. Great. Was that sarcasm? Yes. <laughs> it sure is. But I mean, right. you have lots of time. You could you could try researching <clears throat> library yourself. Um, again, trying lower. What, do you, what kind of lowers do you have? I only have fortune telling lore. Oh. Hmm. Okay, well, can I do an untrained society check then? Or what were the yeah. other options? So you have recall knowledge or gather information. They they apply to the venue of like your own recollection. Okay. Uh and then you have um there's uh, the other lore, so academia, library lore, Otari lore, Absalom lore. Um, I don't, I can't really see how for, fortune telling lore will apply here. No, I didn't think so either. So um, on either either research topic. Okay, I will just go society check then. Sure, go for it. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Not good. No, twelve. <laughs> oh, but you could always bring this to. Uh, to physics attention as well, because um, while there are, are a limited amount of, um, of research uh, points to be acquired from just recollection, you know, any one of you can can give it a go. So, yeah, I was going to say that um, he would have gone home and crashed immediately after that kind of traumatic day and night. Um, but first thing in the morning, I think he would have gone gotten up with that curiosity and gone down. Um, and... 
with that same kind of thought in mind, um, researching Bella Cora, because he'd have known of her a bit, and he is trained in Otari lore. Ah. And the beauty of lores, if we haven't discussed it before, is that they tend to have lower DCs attached to them. Oh, hell yeah. 23. 23. And you're going for Belcora. And that, that does get you a research point. Um, it is a slightly awkward system because I don't have anything to give you with a single research point, but you are on your way to the first threshold. And was there like a cooldown on when you can research those? Or um, So just the recollection, I kind of feel uh, I've set them up in a way that there's more points than necessary to, to be acquired. Um, so if you, you miss out on some, you can still achieve the, the top threshold. But... Um, I would say that as far as recollection goes um, and recalling knowledge, you can really only attempt once because you're not just going to, you're pro not likely to just re suddenly re uh, suddenly have new information in your head from the past. Right. Uh, I mean, we, we could argue with that later, but I would say it will be a while, maybe at least 24 hours before you can attempt that again. Gathering information will change depending on where you're at and who you're asking. And then as far as research goes... Yeah, as far as research goes in like a library or in in the Odd Stories bookshop, like you can just keep going back until you hit the maximum amount of research points that venue can offer. Right. Gotcha. So as of right now, you've got a cap of three for uh, for each of those. So there's three research points available to you for Dawn Flower Library, three at the Odd Stories, and and three for recollection and gathering information. And then from there, you'll have to find new venues to get more information. Okay. So I have a passing knowledge of Belcora, but no actual information to go on. Yeah. Which is which is the average case in Otari. I suppose, yeah. You said you, you do that before uh before you uh, go to bed, eh, Tulak? Yeah. And what time do either of you get up in the morning? I'd say physics like six, six thirty. Let's say six. I think that Tulok kind of headed to bed quite late, so a little after that. Okay. So what time do you head to Rins together? What time do you meet up and head to Rins? Like nine or ten, probably. He's a little slow to get at the day, tossing and turning, but as soon as he wakes up, he kind of recalls what happened the day before and has to kind of pull him up by pull himself up by his bootstraps. You take your time, starting the day a little bit later than usual. Get yourself sorted, and go to meet Physic. At this point is where I imagine Physic tries his own recall knowledge, gains that research point, and you head towards Rins. And as you do, Tulak, you start to feel a little bit ill. You're, you start to sort of sweat a little bit. And you're not feeling all that great. And I need you to roll me a fortitude save. Uh-oh. Twelve. Not great. Nope. Because you have been infected with flypox. And it only just settled in now. From the giant flies. Oh. Great. Had an onset of 24 hours. 
So about 9, 9 a.m. is when it starts to hit you, and you you feel enfeebled. You have the enfeebled one condition for the day. Uh, this is a disease, and it is virulent, which means you have to do two consecutive saves in order to recover from it, and you can only do them once per day. Okay, and I'm enfeebled for 24 hours? Correct. Great, because I'm already weak as fuck, so now I'm weaker. <laughs> it's not your forte, uh, people affecting your strength and fortitude saves and that sort of thing. So Negative um, one to athletics. Also, sorry, it's not, not fortitude. Yeah, it's strength and athletics and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, it's not a good thing, but it's not going to have the, the most significant effect on your build. Okay. You guys, you guys, uh, you start to sweat and feel a little awkward um, as as you get to rinse, not feeling all that great. As you step in, uh, you see Rin is having some tea with a face that may or may not be familiar. James, please, with all grace and beauty. And no anger whatsoever. <laughs> Describe this this person. Uh, so this this being is very very small. Uh, as it's sitting in Rin's chair, its its feet don't even like really come off the the seat of the chair too far. It has uh, really it's covered in like dark black fur that's glistening. Uh, Indicative of a healthy coat. <laughs> it has uh, dark, black, beady little eyes, and on its right eye, there is a dull blue pulsing spiral circling around it. it. It looks a little intimidating when you look directly into its eyes, but then you realize that it's it's very, very small. Uh, and he is a shuni. He's dressed in studded leather. There is a shield. A very, very small shield leaned up against the chair next to him. And he is sitting there with what can only be described as a puggy grin. Uh, just happy to be in the presence of Rin. Uh, sorry, listeners. They just, Freeman just dropped a picture into the chat of... Is this a pug? Is that what it? A yeah, pug yeah. dressed in leather armor with a cloak, a war horn, and a shield. <laughs> it's actually a pug dressed as Boromir. If you look, there's pugs dressed as all the creatures of Lord of the Rings. Oh my God, it's but I thought this one was the most appropriate. Oh, it's so good. What, the Horn of Gondor. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you said it looked kind of intimidating, I was like, does it though? That's when I clicked share. <laughs> I yeah, like, I saw. Yeah. Does it though? <laughs> With like no world. sense of scale, it looks yeah. very intimidating. <laughs> And um, Rin has just finished recounting the recent events with this this Shuni. What uh, what's what's he seeming like right now? Um, his mood is uh, is a combination of dour, uh, well not dour, but like like sadness. He's sad that he's. I'm assuming he's heard the news about Samal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's sad at the loss of life, but like, you can, if you look past him, 
you can see his tail wagging out the back of the chair because he is just primed. He is excited. <laughs> he wants to go on an adventure, and he thinks this might be his shot. Ooh. Feisty little pug boy. <laughs> give you a, give physic a run for his money. <laughs> Who's just nervous and scared all the time. Uh, yeah, more like a pug. Like a pug has been dropped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Rin sees you and for a brief moment lights up at the sight of you. You know, but it, it's it doesn't last long. It's fleeting. And uh, she says, come in, come in. I don't know if you know Raphael, but he has been away. He is the nephew of Arthur of Rasto. I'm sure you're familiar with the fisherman. Raphael here has come home to tell us, tell us of his adventures and, and well, perhaps he is interested in your mission. It would uh, be very difficult of me not to be interested in your mission. There is much to be explored and gathered. I have often dreamed of exploring the Gauntlet myself. Perhaps you would be so kind as to take me with you. Ah, Raphael. It's been many years since we've seen each other, my friend. How have you been? I have been very good, Mr. Mr. Sage Tula. Things have been... Uh, and he kind of shifts his eyes a little bit, uh, like he's he's feigning a touch of uh, uh, untruth. <laughs> Things have been very good for me down at the academy. Things are going very well there, I assure you. <laughs> that is good to hear, my friend. You did not mention this academy. What is it? Tell me in physic. Rin, you, you know very well that I spent many years down at the Serene Spiral as a student of my Lady of the Graves. And he gestures to the spiral around his eye as the mark of uh, induction into the Serene Spiral. Uh, who is the Lady of the Graves? Scott is Lady asking, of the Graves not Sage Jula. Is the goddess Phrasma. Phrasma, okay. She's the one that guides each soul to their appropriate... Uh, afterlife, based on by similar lives, essentially. Yeah. Should I reveal this build, or do we want to bring it out? In, in uh, that's up to you, I think. What do you prefer? Yeah, you know what? Let's just let's do it now. I'm not I'm not one for building up anticipation. If I were a listener, I would want that. Yeah. I, I mean, I my pr- preference as a listener would be to like hear the basic idea, but if you want to like hold back small elements, such as like the new spell or something like that, you know, by all means. Yeah, give us, give us a rundown. Yeah. So Raphael is a bloodhound Shun, uh, and he is a war priest of Phrasma with the uh, with a domain that Freeman and I didn't talk about, but I took anyway. It's an <laughs> alternate domain okay. called the Soul Domain. Sure, sounds good. <laughs> it's in the it's in the core rules, right? Sold. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Love third it. party, yeah, probably. I'll look it up later. <laughs> Cold blood press. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry. He's a fish seeker shooting like his uncle. He's not a bloodhound. My oh, apologies. Okay. Yeah. And what does that entail? Uh, not much. Uh, essentially, he gets uh, he gets one step more successful on a uh, grab an edge. Oh, okay. 
That might come in handy. You never know. They've come in handy so far. And what class is he? <laughs> he is a war priest. So right, it's right, a right. it's a version of cleric. Like I said last episode, we always need to take a fucking cleric. So now you're taking a fucking cleric. <laughs> I mean, you've been saying that since before we started, and that you were like, "I'm my yeah. backup as a cleric because I know we're gonna need." One. I'm gonna get that tattooed across my chest like Fifty Cent. Like, take a cleric. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I thought I could build a heal bot, but much like your fighter, not much was gonna kick in until that archetype on uh, level two. Hmm. Yeah, it. I mean, it. it it's fine. Uh, I. I made Raphael as my backup before I knew you were playing a healer and before I knew Scott was a spellcaster, so now we have no frontline fighter, and I think technically as a war priest, I am still our frontline fighter, yeah. which is frightening. I was thinking that as well. <laughs> yep. Well, when Sage Tulok dies almost immediately now, uh, <laughs> I can come back as one of my martial classes. <laughs> Little, little swapperoo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but let, let's see, let's see how this party makeup goes. Yeah. And when Physic dies, I'm just gonna cry and quit. <laughs> Come back as his sister Mizic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hearing a little bit more about uh, Raphael, um, Rin shifts in her seat and then stands up says I would like to establish something here that I established with Fizik and Tulak last night this is no longer a request from me but but a danger that we have determined to be too great to ignore Raphael, I cannot emphasize enough just how dangerous this is. Samal was a powerful warrior in his day, and he had his edge with him. If you go, it is your choice. But I stand by you, and I will support you in any way I can. It would be a true honor to walk in the shoes of my uncle Arthur. He is a great Shuni and very well renowned, and the opportunity to explore and come back a hero with my old friend Sage Tulak under the guidance of my favorite teacher, Rin Savinci, and my new best of friend, Fizz. <laughs> <laughs> I could not turn down such an opportunity, even if I tried. Which I will not, I assure you. We will come back a successful. Well, certainly painting a picture with this guy. <laughs> I bet he's a hand talker, too. <laughs> just just waving all over the place. <laughs> Paw talker. <laughs> <laughs> then it is set up. You new three set out to the gauntlet. I pray to the cosmic caravan for your safe return. And you guys set out? Any shopping you want to do? <laughs> well, before that, were we not 
ruminating on what she might be able to uh, yeah. to divine from the stairs. I figured we'd do that on the on the on the walk back. But if there's any okay. any, any shopping you want to do now, you're welcome to do it. I don't think you really gained much, so yeah, we can we can just sort that out right now if you like. Uh, I would like to buy a couple um, just minor healing potions. Have you guys thought about what your next action would be? And how you would approach it. I think Raphael would ask them an annoying amount of questions. Like he would want details on everything mm-hmm. the whole way up. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally fair. And I think that they would be giving him the answers both while walking there and then once they're in the building showing, you know, what they've come across. I know that Tulok wants to attempt to recover some of the loot that he saw on that corpse and also check to see, like, basically avoid detection and sneak up and try to find out what's going on with Samal's body. Yeah, I mean, Raphael would be stoked to take on a couple of zombies. It's like his first outing. He is he is built for this. Like, this is this is his character staying, is sending bodies to the, to the gra- mistress of the graves to be right. judged. Yeah. I mean, I do- I'm worried about facing them. Uh, he is not. He is like all gusto about it. Like uh, again, like the Walking Dead are ac- are actually an anathema to him. So I don't think he could let it go. He knows they're there. He's got to go get them. Yeah. I think. I think it is. I'll have to double check, but I think that's yeah. the anathema of Phrasma. I would imagine so. Um. So yeah, what uh, what what uh, course of action would you have, would you have presented for the augury spell? Well, I guess that was my other question: is can you use that as kind of like a comparative of what it? Say you phrase it as it would be like it was safer. It would be safer to go in through one path of entry. You, you versus don't another. get yes or no questions. No, or or like guidance of directions. Well, you get oh, okay. if I do this. Will I have good or bad results? But not if I do. And then it tells you good, tells you bad, or it tells you both, or it tells you nothing. But if I, you have to choose a course of action. If I do this, if we went and got Samal's body, or if we encountered the ghouls again, or zombies, or whatever, there. It's very, very vague answer, um, and is often best applied to something you you don't know anything about. So let me give a little more context. If you ask, you know, if we if we go to, to retrieve someone else's body, um, you know, will we have good or bad results? I'll tell you right now, it'd be wheel and woe. Because you guys know you're going to have to fight something and you know there's equipment in there. So it's bad and good at the same time. Right. right? But Makes sense. knowing nothing about the lighthouse's interior was your previous question. So it was a very appropriate uh, way to go. You know, you asked what will it be? What will our results be essentially if we go in at night? And it said, "Whoa!" And then Rim was like, "But that's when the light's the brightest, so maybe that makes a difference." But I'm not sure. So that was outside of the spell itself. That that piece of information, that advice. Yeah, it feels like there's no level of specificity that will be satisfying. What you what you what you want to do is focus on something about what uh, where you're going that you don't know, right? You want to ask a question about a course of action you plan to take 
in regards to a, a place or a thing you don't know anything about yet. Such as that room between the chapel and the hallway. If we enter there, is it Wheeler Woe? You know, if we go check out the boathouse, is it Wheeler Woe? That's what I was thinking as well. Lean towards the boathouse more, yeah. Hmm. So let's go with if we if we enter at the boathouse, Wheeler Woe. You good with that, Tulak? Yeah, that's cool with me. I'm I'm having a hard time coming up with anything, so let's just sure. fucking yeah. send it. Yeah, let's move on. Um for the boathouse, you receive nothing. Now, the key thing, I can't tell you what's truth or not on this case, but remember that I have to roll a flat check. Uh, and if I fail it, it always results in nothing. But if I succeed it, that means there's nothing. And it's a truthful nothing. But you will never know if nothing is truthful or not. But that's what you get. All right. So a whole lot of nothing. After all that chat, not a goddamn thing. <laughs> Cut it. Cut it all. <laughs> yeah, I think that we push push towards the chapel and see what we can see. All right. So I assume you follow the usual route that you know is safe. You make your way into the L-shaped hallway just outside of uh, the room we found the potions and the room with the divan and the secret door. You left the doors yeah. open, but you don't see any uh, any walking dead kicking around. I am avoiding notice as I approach. And how is, uh, how is Raphael responding to all of the detailed information on this walk? He's like vibrating with excitement. <laughs> like you, you can feel it in the air around you how fucking excited he is mm. and you know that it's super inappropriate <laughs> alright so as they move north into that small triangular room that leads to the secret door that leads to the chapel Tulak is avoiding notice and will peer inside sorry what action were you taking there? avoiding notice okay I'll take the defend action okay what's the what's that do? Uh, I get to walk around with my shield raised, oh. which is something we probably should have talked about yeah. before now, but I just realized <laughs> it was a thing. Seriously. Oh, man. Although, technically, what's your what was what was Samal's raised shield AC? 19, so one of those attacks wouldn't have hit. It would have been a meat to beat on a critical, yeah, anyway, so it doesn't really change anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was 29, plus 10 to hit, rolled a natural 19. So I think that Tulok will hold up a hand for them to hold back slightly as he approaches this secret door, peers in, and is going to attempt to loot this corpse without entering the room first. Okay. Or if he can't reach around that corner, I guess he's just going to try to sneakily grab it. Raphael is following way too close behind you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna say because because when you open the door from this side, it like fell over, and so based on the map, it's it's sort of next to the door, but it fell over because it was trying to sort of um, claw its way into that door. It seems right. So I would say yep. it's just sitting right in front of the door now. It's just like sprawled out on the ground, so it, you can readily loot it. Okay, perfect. 
So he's going to take the dagger and just stow it with his items. And then the plus one rapier, he turns to uh, Raphael and is going to just hold it out for him. Is it sized appropriately? Um, yeah, I don't think there's too much issue with a. Yeah, I don't think it's too much issue with a with a an average weapon for a small medium creature. So I don't I don't think there's any issues there. Okay. Yeah, I mean he'll take it. He's uh, he's proficient in most weapons, I think. Okay. Uh, I'll throw it in your inventory. Do we have a party loot? Uh. I think I made one. Um, Where was that? Yeah, we do. It's uh, under players. Oh, it's under party loot storage. Oh, yeah. loot storage. So you have okay, your so own personal gonna... ones if we need to for like your home. So there's a gold tooth, which he is going to toss in there. Yum. And then two unusual liquids that he is going to pass. Why won't it let me do that? Pass to physic. And then there's an unusual object which you'd like to examine. Uh, okay. So... Uh, sorry, I am not proficient in martial weapons. I did not It's not a martial weapon. weapon. It's a common it. weapon, actually. Oh, is it? Is it? A simple, simple weapon. Simple, sorry. It's in your inventory, anyway. You can take a look. Uh, yeah, I'll take a look. Uh, this would be a good time to uh, physic to um, try your hand at the other the potions again. You uh, didn't quite identify. Yeah, I suppose. Eh, um, I didn't identify the red liquid or the purple liquid. I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, it was the the purpley blue. Uh, the violet, as I believe we call this. I posted them both in the chat there. I think if you click those, you can just we can automate it. First one coming in hot. Uh, yeah, fifteen success. Up. It's one of your very familiar elixirs of life. Oh, love those things. Um, Why you didn't notice the first time? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a different, a different shaped bottle. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's one. it. <laughs> uh, second one coming in hot. Uh, you're rolling this secret, aren't you? I forget if they're. That's what to be comes up when I uh, when I hit oh, that okay. crafting button. Yeah, maybe it isn't. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm actually just. I'm actually. What I'm going to do here is, I just kind of thought to myself here. You should know an elixir of life, no matter what, because you have the formula for it. Mm. Um, so I'm going to just say you knew that from the beginning, retcon, and I'm going to roll over your initial roll for this one, which identifies it as a skeptic's elixir. Ooh. I don't which trust is, that at all. It's an elixir that sharpens <laughs> your mind and allows you to see through lies, falsehoods, and magical trickery. You gain a plus one item bonus to perception checks and perception DCs to notice falsehoods, whether you're sp they're spoken uh, lies or written deceit. You gain the same item bonus to will saves. Nice. The old sucker's brew. Yeah. So it's a single a single action to use, and it, the duration is one minute. The 
you go. Uh, back to you, Tulak. You want to ident- try to identify this unusual object? It's a, yes, it sir. is a, a necklace or amulet around the neck of the, the corpse. Okay. Um, I'll post the skills here. You just choose which one you like. Uh, can I aid? Surely. The 22 to aid, so that's an aid. Mm-hmm. Get a plus one. Okay, uh, and I'm going to roll occultism. Damn it! So dumb. Uh, it's a twelve, <laughs> oh, and then no dice. fourteen with the aid. Um, he's actually going to take it and hand it to Physic as well, and say, "Physic, um, I know you understand the occult, maybe even more than me. So please take a look at this, and really quietly, because just fucking zombies." <laughs> Sure. Yeah, and you like you're you're having to push Raphael down because he's like trying to peek around your shoulder and like look into the room. Like he down, Raphael. So down. Bad. Heal, cowboy. Uh, yeah, Physic will take the thing on the down low, which is inches from the floor, given the size of the guy. Um, do you want an occultism off that or? Yeah, go for it. There's a twenty-one. Nice. Yeah, you know that it is a channel protection amulet. This nugget of polished tektite is trapped in a cage of braided wire and hangs from a silken cord. When wearing the amulet, you gain resistance 5 against damage from harm spells if you're living, or against heal spells if you're undead. I'm glad you explained that amulet so I didn't have to. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's sick. Now, yeah. Who wants that? It's pretty awesome. Everyone? Right. Uh, I can't help but think Physic would thrust it towards the most fighty looking one of the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> and that would probably be the small pug man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I, does Raphael take it? <laughs> I think uh, he'll need this. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention, but yeah, he'll take it. I think it's a good call because we need to keep him alive to keep us alive. He's just he, like he's you know he's kind of looking at the plus one rapier. He's he's looking around like he's he's like trying to detect magic to sense ghosts uh, in which which I you know he'll, he will actually bust off and detect magic while this is happening. Um, like he's just he's buzzing. He's not really paying attention to what Physic and Tulakers say. Would you say he's happy as a pug in shit? Oh, I gotta go. Get out. Um, just so you know, this is the first item you guys have received uh, that requires investiture, which is essentially like a five e. You know, we get a a tune, Attunement. but. In 2e, you can, you can uh, do um, basically um, 10 items, I think it is, in total, instead of like 3. And there's two unusual liquids in there, too. Yeah. Go ahead and roll on those as you go, if you like. Yeah, I will uh, attempt some more identification. Uh, I don't know why I just rolled medicine. I will attempt some more identification of those unknown liquids. 
Do we have like a color code that can go on here? Or? You have um, a red liquid again and another purple one. Ooh. So I just rolled one. Uh, the red one. Red one. It is a potion of healing. Minor. Nice. And, uh... Uh, you do not know what the purple mystery one is. Mystery purple. Another mystery purple. Uh, okay. I think he will offer that uh, minor healing potion to one of the others, because he's getting full up on the bandolier. Okay. Raphael has one, so... Uh, you, you can take it, Sage. Um, Alright, I will gladly... Can we go into the room now, please, sirs? I very much want to see the undead zombies. So eager. I love it. <laughs> oh, the hubris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, who's gonna take the? Oh yeah, take those. Take those potions, unidentified or not. Okay, I took the and healing. Yeah. Um, as you pick at the corpse here Tulak and pass items along to be identified and checked out you can't help but see out of the corner of your eye the corpse of Samal sitting in the same spot that it was yeah I just I just picture like the blood just you know when it gets like dark and thick after it's kind of congealed for a while coagulated Yeah. yeah just like thick on the floor it's come downstairs a whole bunch, and it yeah, it's just all over the place. Is there another charred corpse lying next to him? There is not. Yeah, it, it ended up saving its. Uh, so the it, zombie it, must have put itself out. It ended up yeah, it ended up going out just before uh, they escaped. So okay. All right, so uh, looking at Raphael with kind of a grim nod, he says. We should enter, but watch out. They have powers that look like it could work at a distance. I do not know. Okay, I am ready. Let's... Yes, I'm I'm very ready, Mr. Tulak. Alright, and then he is going to sneak on in like a sneaky little sneak sneak. Okay, he sneaks on in. Oh, uh, also... Casting uh, mage armor on himself. <laughs> Can't forget <Okay>. that. <laughs> All right, move on in and see what's up. You step into the room, Raphael on your heels, and it's as it was before cold, damp, skulls lining the stone walls, carved in. The eerie. Stained glass windows beyond the altar. As you step forward, Raphael reaches the point of Samal's body, and he sees out of the corner of his eye, in the corners east and west again, 
the bodies he was warned about, the corpses he was warned about. They haven't moved just yet. Uh, he will reach out and try and grab like Samal's armpits or his feet or whatever he can and, and drag him backwards. You grab a hold and you start to drag. And he comes down the stairs, and you rouse the corpses with this noise. And we're going to roll for initiative. All right, let's try this Perhaps again. Inevitably. Before we get into combat, I just want to make it known Physic is back to shitting himself. <laughs> <laughs> A classic trope here on uh, Stemming the Tide. <laughs> Let's roll some new initiative. Can I get a physic, please? 18 from physic. Very nice. Can I get a two lock, please? Rolling with stealth? Surely. 13. Okay. And our Shit. first initiative from Raphael. Coming in hot with a six on the die for 12. <laughs> oh, you get a good initiative, though. Damn. Yeah, that's hot. Plus six. It's not too bad. No, that's good. Top of the order. Physic. Uh, physic's gonna wait. Physic delays. Two luck. Okay, he doesn't yet see the corpses, so he is going to stride north and then he sees the one on the west side of the room mm -hmm. and will use his mind to send a loose boulder or stone from the corner telekinetic projectile you right at loose stones and boulders they're all over the place, it's great <laughs> All right, so that is going to be a 22 to hit. Oh, that hits. Hell yeah. Woo. All right, and five bludgeoning. Oh, very nice. Big hit. Um, you, uh, as you spot it and quickly cast telekinetic projectile, you you smash into it, and you, you as soon as it hits, you see a piece of it fall off, and you can see that this is the one that was charred. It's, it seems to have uh, some leftover scarring and, and decay or, or what, what have you from uh, from the fire. Um, so you think maybe this one's still a little beaten down. Raphael. Raphael puts his two little paws together and hangs his head and gives a little prayer to his lady of the graves before looking up and please... Friends, creatures, rejoin with your spirits. And he will cast heal with three actions in a 30-foot burst. Hell yeah. Hot damn. Uh, so this target's all living and dead, so I need a basic fortitude save from you. Okay. Uh, for both the creatures. <laughs> this emanation just shoots out up and down the hallway and around the corners in this radiant uh, fashion. This ice blue light just erupts out of him. Ah, oh, so cool. Um, all right, number one's got uh, a nine on the fortitude. No. And I got an 11 for the other one. 
No, sir. Oh, no. Uh, that will be three points of positive energy damage. Okay. To both of them? To both of them, yeah. Okay. And three points of healing to Sage and Physic. Uh, but not to temporary hit points, right? Not to temporary hit points, no. All right. Boom. Big burst, showy fashion. Pretty wicked. Uh, that's yep. your full turn, eh? That's all three actions. And okay. Physic will take his turn now. Okay. He's entering the order. Yeah, he sees this big blast of light that helped his friends and uh, hurt his enemies. He will stride 20 feet forward. Careful, buddy. (laughs) I was just thinking about how I feel very close to this combat. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are getting real close to melee. (laughs) Way too cocky right now. Way back in the corner, aren't they? Yeah. I know, I didn't realize. I thought they were going to be closer. But I had to look. Change well, he's going to... Ever so slightly. <laughs> that, uh, that makes me feel like an idiot, so he will stride ten feet back. <laughs> so he goes twenty four, ten back. That's still the same stride, right? You have 30 feet or you have... Tw- no, you only have 25, so that's going to count as two actions. Yeah. And he will... Ready a dart and end okay, his turn. You, you, it costs you two actions to ready a single action, so you can't do that. So even if it's drawing from the bandolier, which would be one action? Yeah, anything you ready for a trigger, like the trigger costs you one action and then one action to actually do it, you know what I mean? Okay, if it's not then, like, if it's not readying it, can I draw it from the bandolier? Then you could just draw it and have it in your hand, yeah. Just, yeah, oh, okay, I will draw, just, not yeah. ready, sorry. Just but, rules uh, is written, that was a, a, a ready yeah, mis- action is very specific, yeah. Mistake on my part. Okay, okay. I will draw a dart and end okay. my turn. Gotcha. Alright. Corpse to the east rambles around the corner and turns towards Tulak. Stepping forward, it's going to attack with its jaws. 12 to hit. That's a miss. Tries to bite you. Angrily tries to claw you with a 24, this one. That is a hit. And, oh, 10 slashing. Big hit. Okay. Uh, Brains. No, it doesn't actually say that. But, uh... That's its turn. The next one also steps out and views the area and it starts to make its way towards Raphael and Physic. Let's roll to see who it strikes. It's going to be Raphael. It comes at you with its jaws. For 24 to hit? Uh, 24 is a hit, yeah. Nine points of damage. Holy fuck. And what's your AC? Uh, 17. Uh, 15 to hit. Misses. I'm oh, sorry, 16 to hit. Misses. Jesus, when you asked what his AC was, I thought you just crit him again. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fucking yeah. hell. Dude, I don't know if we're going to be able to take these guys out. I mean, we'll see. And that brings us to the top of the round, Tulak. All right, Tulak will 
freaking run. He's going to stride back to there. And then he is going to... Um, cast... What does he want to cast? Uh, just he's going to use another telenet oh, telekinetic... Oh my god. Telekinetic projectile. <laughs> uh... Son of a god. I even read it before I said it, so I wouldn't... Oh, man. Okay. Uh, flinging another stone at um, the uh, zombie that he had already hit. Okay. Uh, and misses with an 11, I assume. It does miss, yes. Fuck. All right. That's his turn. Copy Doodle, you guys are in a dangerous spot, Raphael. Yeah, dude. First action, he's going to reach out and touch the zombie in front of him. I require another basic fortitude save as he expends another use of his heal for the day. Uh, an 11 and a 11 13. Is a fail. Just the first one. He's just touching this one. Oh, he's just touching. Okay, 11, yeah. Fails. Yeah, I can't do the three-round burst because it'll provoke, and he's unsure whether or not okay. this creature will, uh, will take it. Uh, that is eight points of positive energy damage, though. Uh, it had exactly eight points left. Woo! Thank God. It goes down, and the corpse, like, f- collapses to the ground and falls over. But out of its face and mouth pops up this tiny little blue light that just floats in the air. I will raise my shield with my second action. Okay. And third action, can I do a knowledge uh, religion check on this blue light? Yes, you can. Uh, or if you have an, a lore, do you have a lore possible? Uh, academia, but it's not going to be my religion. My religion's plus six. Okay. Um, that was supposed to be private. That's fine. But uh, You rolled a 17, and you don't know what this is, but... You're pretty damn sure it's related to a will-o'-wisp. Uh, he will convey that to the group. Uh, and what does he know about will-o'-wisps, if anything? What you do know about will-o'-wisps, uh, probably, is that um, they are not undead. But this was affected by your uh, positive damage. It has the negative healing trait. You, you know that much simply because you acted upon it. So, you suspect it's not just the body. It was animating the body itself. So this entity here uh, is uh, is affected by what you just did. Okay. Uh, he conveys that to the group. And is starting to regret his decision to just waltz in. <laughs> Alright, and that's your turn? Yeah. Physic. This tiny ball of light... Just floating in front of you. Yeah, loving that. Um, but he's he's a little bit fucked up by being surrounded and seeing everything go down so quickly again. Uh, he will take a glance over, see that shambling dead body once again, and throw an alchemist fire at it. Okay, so you're throwing it at the is, far one? Yeah, throwing it at the one that's left. Because it's five minutes, or sorry, it's uh, 20 feet away, which is right in line with a 22 to hit. That hits. 
Okay, so that will be five initial damage, plus it's one splash damage, and it's one um, perpetual damage. Persistent fire. Persistent. Yeah, okay. And and then having and having seen the reaction of this uh, entity to my north, he will use his last two actions to give it an elixir of life. To to give the, the will of the wisp thing an elixir of life. Oh, the light! You're gonna toss an elixir of life on it. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it didn't seem to really like the whole healing spell thing. Okay. Um, so if I could... I don't know if there's a mouth to pour it in. This is a big gray area because... Because of how... Um, negative and positive... How negative and positive things work when it comes to the negative healing trait. Um, so... What you do with your elixir of life is not um, as far as I know is not positive um, by its type of damage and or healing. Uh, I could be wrong about this. Hold on. Um, there is the, That does have a healing trait. A healing effect restores a creature's body typically by restoring hit points but sometimes by removing diseases or other debility effects. So negative healing is what this creature has, and that means a creature with negative healing draws health from negative energy rather than positive energy. It is damaged by positive damage and is not healed by positive healing effects. It does mm. not take negative damage, and it is healed by negative effects that heal undead. So I'm going to give this to you as a freebie because uh, I'm going to assume that Raphael uh, explained that it is undead, um, for sure, even this light. But... Um, this would have basically just zero effect on it at all. It wouldn't heal it, and it wouldn't damage it. And I feel like you okay. should know that. Because well, you're using alchemical stuff. You know it's not like anti-undead. You know you're, you're doing something more physical um, and biological than, than something um, you know, truly magical or, or of a different like physical uh, um, entity or essence like, like positive energy. Physical energy okay. is what I was looking for. Well, if that's the case, uh, and we're just going to hand wash that, I will take a step away, like a good little boy. And I used one hand to uh, throw a bomb at an undead, and I will use my other hand to launch that dart that was in my hand. It will probably not do much, but I'm going to throw okay. it against that... Uh, a little light? Will-o'-the-wisp. Okay. And see it pass right through, I imagine. It's a 10 to hit, so probably pass right through, even at the best of times. Okay, uh, yeah, that misses. And that's a turn. Okay. Next on the list is uh, Corpse to the northeast, who stands there and his eyes start to glow and his mouth starts to glow in this big show of blue light. And I need Raphael to make me a fortitude save. As this 20-foot cone of light emanates from the face of this corpse. Sideways what across the stairs. What kind of energy is it? It is... Is it energy? It is a... Um, the ability is called Death Light. And okay. it is a sickly blue beam of light that will cause uh, negative... It's negative energy, negative damage that's coming through. Okay, does it have the harm trait? 
Um, it does not. It has action, emotion, fear, mental, necromancy, and occult. Okay. That is a 14 fortitude save. Okay. That's a shit roll. Yeah. Failure. You take six negative damage and are frightened one. Dead and dying. Oh Seriously? my god. Uh, well, I'm at zero, so I'm technically okay. nothing. But yeah, you start. <laughs> you started with a hero. He's point, only by got the way. 15 HP. He's a fucking cleric. You started with a hero uh, point. Well, by it's the not way, my so turn. I, I didn't specify, but it's not my turn. But yes, but it's you can use it the moment you gain the dying condition. So you can uh, do it right now. Then yeah, he'll heroically stabilize. Okay. Them. This room is not your friend. <laughs> Why did we go and, straight back here? <laughs> it's for Samal's body. <laughs> I don't know. We're dumb. And uh, you can see that small light feel revivified by this blue beam that's crossed its path as well. So it hits Raphael, and then it starts to re- um, rejuvenate the other one. And... The other one, then, the the sorry, the little light actually moves over to Samal's body, oh, and enters it. I knew. Oh no, I knew it. It spends an action reclaiming the corpse that has died in the past twenty-four hours. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at UnchartedNorth.ca, Patreon.com slash UnchartedNorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.